our reading for this morning comes from Mark chapter 12, starting at verse 28, and it says this. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one answer, Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. This is our reading for this morning. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of, of another day that you have given to us and the blessing of getting to be right here, God, in your presence and fellowship with other uh, members of your family, God. And we just pray that you would bless the message that we he hear here today. God, that you would plant it in our hearts and, and just plant it there in a powerful way. God, we pray this all in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brady. If I missed you at the very beginning, my name is Pastor Justin. I'm the pastor here at Grace Hill. It is wonderful to have you with us. If you are a guest today, today's an interesting day because we're going to talk about a initiative that we have been a part of for a year now and that we will be continuing for another year, and that is the Dream Big Initiative. Um, but it's a good thing, even if you're a first-time guest today, to kind of know what we're all about, and this is what we're all about, and this is what we're doing. So it's a great day to be here. We're glad you're here. If you don't have one of these, um, we have some elders in the back that are ready. If you didn't get one of these, we'd ask you to grab one. Uh, just go ahead and raise your hand if you don't have one, and they'll grab you one real quick. Yeah, here we go. Okay, um, and here's what's up is Grace Hill is a growing church and we are a church that's trying to serve the people that God's given us and the ministries that God's put on our heart and so last year at this time we launched the Dream Big Initiative which was God we need to we need to make more room we need to add more staff we need to add more ministry God is putting all of this on us and we need to be able to do this and so that is what the Dream Big Initiative is about is allowing us to do that ministry add some staff allow some more space and so we have a one-year kind of recap video that we're going to show you. And what's cool is in the video, you'll see this space, and you'll see what we've done with it, and you'll see kind of the journey of everything that's happened in the last year. So we'll roll that video real quick, and then we'll talk. Well, it has been an incredible year. This time last year, we were worshiping over at Tiburon Golf Course, and we had just voted to purchase land at 192nd and Dodge that you had seen. And we were launching out on this journey. We had just agreed to, to take over this spot. Um, you saw some of the pictures of it before and after. We've done a little work in here. Um, and it's incredible what God is doing. But God continues to push us. You can look around the room and see that we continue to grow. And so what we invite you to do, uh, if you would, is um, in this booklet, there's a lot of information. And we're going to talk about this. But we would love if you would just hold on to this for the next couple weeks. Because we're going to talk about this for the next couple weeks. And in here, if you turn to page 10... Our sermon notes and each week we're gonna have a couple questions that we want you to take home wrestle with and think about for yourself um, and we're gonna work through this together and before we get going I want to say this if you're here today and you are walking in and you're like oh this is awful church is about to talk about money listen I get it I used to be on that side too, and I hated this conversation as well. And here's the good news. No, we're not going to talk about money. Because here at Grace Hill, through the Dream Big Initiative, our 
primary goal, the number one thing that we want is that we would be a church striving to be who God calls us to be. That is our primary goal. And the generosity, that will flow out of getting the primary goal right. You see, when Grace Hill started, we started with this idea. We didn't look at what attendance numbers were. We weren't worried about that. We weren't worried about how much money was in the plate. We had one number that we looked at every week at Grace Hill. Did a first-time guest show up? Are people inviting people? That's the one number we care about. And we said, if that number stays true, that every week we have at least one first-time guest coming, then everything will take care of itself. And to date, six years now that we celebrated yesterday or last week, six years, to date, that has proven true, that every week we have seen at least one first-time guest and everything has taken care of itself. And so what we have said is in this Dream Big initiative, I'm not going to get up here with a thermometer and we're going to lock the doors and say, you can't leave until we get to this. And we're not going to do that kind of stuff because I don't want you begrudgingly giving gifts to the Lord. I want you to give out of love. And so what we need to do first is we need to challenge ourselves to love God with all we have first, to be who God calls us to be first. And the generosity, that'll come second. That'll flow out of that. And so if you're here today and you're nervous, like, oh man, they're going to start asking us, but nope, you can just put that aside. We're not. What I am going to challenge you to is this. Are you willing to commit to growing into the person that God has called you to be and seeing where that leads you? That's the challenge that I put before you today. Because see, here's the thing. We can, we can build this space out and then we can build the next building up and we can build a big, beautiful building and it can be all nice and pretty. But you know what's true? That building is not gonna save a person. And that building is not gonna do us any good if all the people inside of it are just checking the box, are not living for God, are not worshiping God the way they should, are not following God the way they should, then, then all of this is for nothing. So what we need to do first before we talk about all the other stuff is we need to get our hearts right. We need to challenge ourselves to grow into the people that God has called us to be so that we can do the ministry that's going to happen in the building that comes next. Because it's not the building that's going to save a person. It's the ministry that happens in there. And it's us living with transformed lives and inviting other people to come into that transformation as well. And so that's what we're after. And I mean that. That our primary goal is for 100% commitment to committing to change who we are to follow Jesus more closely. And so my dream, when we talk about dream big, my dream is that one day soon there is a building there on that land that we have and that new people would walk in and they would look around and they would meet people and they would talk to people and they would go, okay, these people are different than me. They have a hope in things that I don't have a hope in. They have a confidence in things to come that I don't have yet. They live their life with a wisdom and a maturity as they look at the life around them and the world around them that I don't have. I want that. That's my dream. And the building allows us more space and opportunity to do that. But it's just a building. And so I'm going to challenge us on that first part of that goal. 
You see, Brady read the reading for us today, and I want to highlight just one verse inside of that, verse 30. And it said this, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. If you are doing that right now, if you can say, I am loving God with all I have right now, please raise your hand. Good. We got work to do. Who's excited? That was pathetic. Okay. We got work to do. Who's excited? There we go. Because here, hey, look, I'm being serious here. I, as your pastor, I, I am striving to live this out. But I am excited to see what God is going to do in my life the more and more I dive into that. I am. Like to just wake up each day and say, God, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. The more I dive in and the more I commit to this, I cannot wait to see what you're going to do in my life. Because God is writing a story. That's what Dream Big is all about. Dream Big, his story unfolding. God is writing a story. And in your notes right here, if you want to follow along, page 10, I'm going to give you a couple things to write about. The first sermon here is all about God's story unfolding in your life. Do you realize God is writing a story right now and you have a part in it? And it doesn't matter if you're a first-time guest or if you've been here from day one. You have a part in God's story that he has been writing from creation and he will be writing into eternity eternity you right now in this season right now in these years that you have you have a part in this story and he is writing this part for you and so when we talk about this this is about challenging ourselves to live this verse out what would it look like here's here's your first question what would it look like write this down what would it look like If you love God with all, what would it look like in your life if you loved God with all? Now, let me, let me jump to the finish line. I guarantee your life would be different. I guarantee some things in your life would change. Some priorities in your life would change. And some, some things that you devote yourself to would change. Some mindsets would change. You would be significantly Impacted if your life began to love God with all. And that's the journey that I am inviting you into. We started this a year ago and we asked this question of the people that were part of Grace Hill at that time. Like, how do we begin to love God with all? And we have seen some incredible changes. We have seen some new ministries start up because people said, I have a heart for this. And so now we have people jumping into prison ministry. We have people that are coming forward and saying, I have a heart for this. So now we're jumping into this ministry. We have people coming forward and say, I want, I, I want to be a part of this. I want to give in a way that allows me to see what God can do when I just surrender to him. And that's what's happening. And for the next year, what we're going to do is remind everybody of this, that we're supposed to be living in this way, and we're going to challenge all the new people that have been coming to Grace Hill to join in this with us. How do we put God first? Now, here's the interesting thing that I want you to catch about this. Brady read at the beginning of this service that a man came up to Jesus and asked him, what is the one thing God wants from us most of all? 
of all the commandments that God has. I mean, think about that. You open your Bible, God says a lot of stuff, right? He tells us to do a lot of things. And this guy comes up to Jesus and says, what's the number one thing God wants from us? Well, here's what's interesting. If I were God, I don't know about you, I'm not God, I'll just say that, but if I were God, my number one thing that I would say is stop complaining and do everything you're told. That would be my answer. Stop complaining, do everything you're told. I'm God, do it and shut your mouth. That would be my answer. Or for some of you out there, you think it would be show up to church every day. Um, Give me all your money. Uh, Obey everything I've said. Follow this, follow that. Praise me everywhere you go. What is God's answer back through Jesus? Love me. His answer is love me. Stop and pause on that for a second. Does that strike you as odd? The God of the universe, all-powerful, all-knowing, majesty, might, and power, he can ask anything he wants of you. And the number one thing he wants from you is just to love him. I mean, doesn't that kind of break your heart a little bit? It does mine. Because sometimes when I think about God, I think about duty, like I need to show up and I need to do these things and I need to pray and I need to do these and it's all duty or, or it's obedience, like God, I better do these things or you're gonna smite me or maybe it's fear or, or maybe it's just, you know, habit. Like I, I choose this life, I like this life and this is, you know, we show up and we do these things and God goes, I don't, I don't want all of that for just doing it's sake. God's like, I just, I really want you to love me. I want to be loved by you. Isn't that kind of beautiful? Because here's the thing. My obedience, I can't give that to him. I fail at that every day. But I can give him my love. I can love him. And that's what he wants. I mean, it's such an incredible thing that the God of the universe, what he wants most of all from you is love. And let's be honest. Love is a hard word for us. Because I don't know about you, but when I think of a, a God of the universe that I don't really get to see or touch or experience in that kind of a way, it's hard for me to understand how do I love him? How do I show him love? What, how does that work? And God says, the way you show him love is by loving him first. That of all the things you love, you're allowed to love all the things you love, but he says, put me number one. That's how you can show me love, is love me with all you have. Let me be first in your life. That you can love, you know, Nebraska winning a football game finally, and you can love, low blow, uh, sorry, Notre Dame was on a bye week, so, you know, we, we didn't lose. Um, anyways, uh, you, can, you can love camping, you can love your family, you can love your friends, you can love your out nights, you can love all these other things. God says, love all of those things, but love me first. Make me most. And what's interesting about that is... God also is the one who says that a lot of times our money reveals where our heart is. 
that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. That you invest and, and spend money on the things you love most. And let's be honest, that's true. I do not spend money on vegetables. When I go to the store to shop, amazingly, when I come home, I have not spent a dime on any vegetable. You know why? Do not love them. Do not care about them. Do not want them in my house. That's just how I feel. But when I attach money to things, I end up loving them more. You know, we have two cars in my house. We have my car, which is an old Camry with paint chipping off, and I don't really care because it just takes me to and fro, and I don't, it doesn't matter much. It's paid off. It's done. It's there, and it just gets me where I'm going. And then we have a brand new Kia minivan that I pay a lot of money for, right? And you know what? When kids, well, I have four kids, when they spill something in my car, you know what I say? Come on, guys. Like, pick that up when you get out. Be careful. When they spill something in my minivan, you know how I react? Different. That is just different. We, we park all the bikes, the kids' bikes and stuff in the garage. When they, you know, come running into the garage and just throw their bike next to my car and it's all dinging, I'm like, guys, be careful. When they get within five feet of the van, do you know how I act? Different. Why? Because I, I got money attached to that, so I care about it more. Because I, when I invest my money into something, I care about it more. And God says, look, it's playing out in your life. What you attach your money to, you end up caring the most about. And God says, look, so where's your heart? If you were to just look at your bank account, what would your bank account say you love most? And that's an interesting question. Because when it comes to giving, and look, I'm not afraid to talk about tough subjects, and I know nobody wants to talk about giving, but here's where we're at. Is that our giving back to God is in it one of our ways to express our love to Him. It's one of the ways we express our love to Him. And God says, I want you to love to give me gifts back. God says, I richly give you gifts. I bless you with air in your lungs this day. I bless you with all that you have. I bless you with the house over your head. I bless you with the skills and abilities to make the, the means that you do to take care of everything you have. I give you sunny days. I give you blessings. I give you all these kind of things. I mean, think about this. God loves us so much. God could have made everything like three colors. No, what did he do? He made a bajillion colors. You know why he made pink? Because he loves you. You know why he made red? Because he loves you. He just wants you to see these things. You know, every flower could have just smelled one way, but he makes every flower smell a different way. Why? Because he loves you. You know what? Food could have all tasted like grits. That's the way it could have been. But you know what? There's like a billion taste buds in your mouth because God wanted you to taste all of these different things and goodness. He had no, I mean, think about that. What is the practical reason for everything to taste so good? Is there any practical reason for it? It's just his love for you. God doesn't just love you big. He loves you in every single little thing of your life and he just explodes with love to you. He says, I give you everything. I think of things that you don't even know about yet. And, I, and I, I just cannot wait to give to you. And he says, you know how you can say I love you back? 
by lovingly coming and giving me gifts. By saying, God, I love you too. And look, that's not just money. That's your time, your talent, your resources. That's putting God first and just saying, hey, you know what, God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you um, money at the end of the day once I've seen how everything plays out and once I know what's left, then I'll give you a little gift. God, first and foremost, at, at the very beginning of the month, before anything's said, I'm just gonna give because I just love you and I wanna give. I wanna give back to you so that, that you can do your work and your ministry in this place. It's kind of like this. I have a daughter, Delaney. She's a third grader, um, and she is a gift giver. I mean, her heart, every day I have a new picture that she has drawn me. Um, every day I have a new little craft that she has made me. Every day, and she comes home, and she'll, she'll spend her, her class dojo points. I, I don't understand how this totally works, but some of you go to Concordia. You know, they, they earn these gifts these points and then they can cash them out at the end of the week and get little prizes she she with those little prizes she brings me things and she's like dad here I got this for you I'm like what am I going to do with an eraser like you know practically as a dad what am I going to do with an eraser but you know what I love it do you know why it's not about the gift is it do I care about that eraser no what do I love that her heart just cannot wait to give me a gift. You know, it's like when you have a little one-year-old and they hand you like a plastic apple toy. You know, like, no, you're not going to eat it. It's not going to sustain you. But you love that they wanted to give it to you. You love that they're like looking at you and they're like waiting for you to eat it. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm, 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 you know. And they love it. Why? Because their heart just is filled with love to give you a gift. And it's the same way with God. Does God need your money? Nope. Not at all. Not at all. But he wants your heart to want to give him. He wants your heart to say, God, here you go. He doesn't want you to be the 20-year-old, the you know, that should have been moved out of his parents' house that's paying rent and just shows up every week and is just like, here, take your money. And to a lot of us, that's how we act with God just like a, a, a petulant little kid that hasn't moved out yet and just, here, take this. Just not thankful for all the blessing that he gives us. God wants us to come like a little kid, just going, here. And so here's the second question I want you to ask yourself. Write this down. Does my gift to God bring joy to the Father's heart? Does my gift to God bring joy to the Father's heart? It's a great question because too often I think when we give our gifts and that's our time our talents and our resources that's everything too often I think we think all about ourselves well this is my gift this is how I feel about it have you ever stopped to think as I give this gift what does God say about it is this bringing a smile to my dad's face does my father look down and go oh, this means the world to me and notice there is not a sum that covers that. Because you can give a billion dollars or you can give one dollar. It's all about what? Your heart. Are you giving with your heart? Are you saying, God, I love you with all I have and I want to give it back to you because I love you. And I want you to help other people see your love. There's not a sum attached to that. It's a heart thing. 
And then the third question I want you to wrestle with is this. If I were to love God with all, if I were to love God with all, what would change? What would change? And that's what I want you praying through and wrestling through this week. Because here's my invitation to you. I want all of us 100% committed to chasing after this. All of us saying, God, I cannot wait to see what you would do in my life if I really loved you with all. I mean, aren't you kind of curious what would happen? Don't you kind of want to see if you jumped all in what God would do? That's the opportunity that we get to do together here right now. And so we're going to go before the Lord in a time of prayer. And I invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and join us as we go before God in this moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And every single one of us, me included, is guilty of not loving you first and foremost. Of not loving you with all. All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. Lord, we we put a lot of things equal to you or sometimes even above you. We care about a lot more things. We, We depend on a lot more things. We put our trust in a lot more things. And so, Lord, I pray that you would challenge us, that you would convict us of the things that we need to be convicted of so that we can repent and draw closer to you. And Lord, I pray that you would forgive us of the things that we already know, the things that we do that just do not show you that we love you. And Lord, we are all guilty of of falling short of who you call us to be in our words, in our actions, in our thoughts. And so let us confess those things before you now. Lord, we are all guilty, every single one of us. There are things we say, things we do, things we think that break your heart, that hurt others, that hurt us. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us. We pray that you would convict us where we need to be convicted. And Lord, we pray that you would give us the opportunity to make things right where we've made a mess of things. All of this we lift up in your holy name and all God's people said, amen. God loves you so much that as you make mistake after mistake in your life, as you sin time and time again, the list of things that you have done against God and against others and against yourself, it's astronomical. And on the last day, as you stand before the Lord and every one of those things is read out, the debt that you owe God is overwhelming. His wrath is deserved towards you. And your punishment is deserving. But on that last day, Jesus is going to stand beside us. And Jesus is going to say, Father, I paid for that on the cross. Father, on the cross, you took all of the debt and the weight and the wrath that they deserved, and you put it on me. And I paid it once and for all to set them free. And so as each thing is read, you will hear the words, forgiven. Debt is paid. Set free. And that's the good news that I get to give you this day and every day. 
is that as you stand before the Lord on the last day, it's not your best life or your best wisdom or your fixing yourself because you can't. It's all about what Jesus has done on the cross for every single one of us. And that's the good news that I get to give you. It's because of Jesus' love for you and his death on the cross, you are forgiven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen.